you would to Matthew chapter number 11. If you have a Schofield Bible, that'll be uh, page 1010. Amen? 1010. And uh, Matthew chapter number 11. Matthew chapter number 11. It's so good to see you in the Lord's house here today. Amen. Matthew chapter number 11. How many find your place? Say amen. Amen. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now, when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And he said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The death hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor, how the gospel preached to them. Verse number six is our text verse. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. With the help of God, I'm going to preach on in the dark, tell me again. In the dark, tell me again. You'll be seated. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come now and I understand very quickly we cannot do this within ourselves. God, without your power, without your touch today, it'll be sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And this people would have wasted their time. God, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, would you begin to pray and touch hearts. God, I pray that you would touch that one that needs a touch, one that needs to hear this morning a word from you. Lord, more than that, God, I pray you would feel the very need of this hour as only God you can. We ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake, giving you the glory and honor and the praise. Amen and amen. John has been cast into prison. Matter of fact, he went into prison around December of A.D. 27. It was now Passover time, May of A.D. 28. Herod Antipas had put John in prison because he looked at the most powerful men of that day and said, Herod, I'll not have your brother's wife. And um, needless to say, that upset him. Upset her more than it did him. And according to Josephus, the place of John's imprisonment and death was a castle called Machor, east of the Dead Sea. It was built by Herod the Great. And uh, wasn't very far. Just a little distance. A place where one day John baptized those that come to know Christ. We learn in the scripture how that old Herod, he, he was fond of John. 
And there's a lot of decisions and a lot of debate of why he was fond of him. Perhaps he liked the fact that John the Baptist was a man's man. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was because when he heard John, there was something resonated in his soul that, that, that got his attention. Maybe he just liked what John was saying, but whatever the reason, he knew there was something different about this man called John the Baptist. And he, he must have held him in a very honored prisoner with some liberties. You say, how you know? Because some servants had access to him. And so we find that in this time that John is in a very dark place. Now, let me just say this. When we find ourselves in a dark place, it will almost always lead to a place of discouragement. And if we hang around there very long, it will lead us to a place of doubt. Now, you and I, as long as we're robed in this flesh, are not an exception to that. You say, but preacher, you don't understand. I mean, you know, I'm Wonder Woman. I'm Superman. I don't care how super, how wonder you think you are. The place gets dark enough. Discouragement can come. And discouragement will almost always lead to doubt. And in this time, and may I remind you, this happened in about a six-month time span. And all of a sudden, John the Baptist sends his disciples and he said, listen, I want you to go find Jesus. And I want you to ask him a question for me. Art thou he? Are you the one? Is it really you? Are you the Messiah? Or should we look for another? Did I miss it? Did, did I somehow or another mistake this thing? And so he goes in to ask him. And I love this. Jesus says, go tell him again. Go tell him again. I find that as we walk this life, that each of us praise God for salvation. And I hope you are saved. The only one I know saved is me. And if you're not saved, y'all to get saved. Y'all know Jesus. He could come this year. He could come this month. He could come today. He could come before I'm done preaching. We find as he comes, we find ourselves at a crossroads of doubt, just like John, and wondering, is Jesus really the one? Is this Christianity really real? Is, is it really worth it? Is, is, is this thing really real? Well, I find as we look at this, there's three important points that I want you to get here today. First one is this, and I love this. John begins by inquiring. I love this. He didn't throw up his hands and quit. He started searching for an answer. And the Bible says, and when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, 
he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now I remind you, there was a day when John walked in the light, he knew who Jesus was. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in John 1, 29, and the next day John said, Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In John 1, 36, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. May I remind you in the light, he knew who he was, and not only that, he, he immediately proclaimed, he testified to the fact of who he was. Have you forgotten when you testified how good he was? Do you remember in the light when you stood and said, my, he's a great, he's been, boy, I just want to thank God for saving me. I want to thank God for being good to me. I want to thank God for all these. But now you're in the dark. And now he's inquiring. So what happened? What happened? Well, there's some says because he was in prison. And my, may I say prison in that day wasn't like prison is today. Prison today would be like a, a, a five-star hotel in that day. Prison was a very hard place and a very challenging place. But the Bible tells us, and the Lord in Matthew 11, he addresses something. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, What went you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? Uh, and what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Here, here's what he's just saying. He's just saying, what, what did you go expect to find a wuss? Did you go to find a pansy? He said, what do you, do you, what do you think John is? He said, did you look to, did you expect to see somebody that, that was soft and, 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 and cuddly and all this kind of stuff? May I say, I don't believe the prison is what caused him to question that. Because the Lord, he directly addressed the fact, John the Baptist was a man's man, amen. Well, some people say it was his personal pride. That, you know, here I am preaching. Here I'm going and, I mean, I'm doing what God told me to do. And, I mean, you know, my goodness. And I should have had the, I, I should have been there. I, they, they, I should have had position. I should have been acknowledged. And they didn't pat me on the back down at the church. I'm thankful. They never told me how wonderful I was. May I say... Personal pride is damning and dooming more people than anything I know of. This morning, your personal pride will destroy you. But listen to what he said. John 1, 19, and this is a record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? 
And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I'm not. Art thou that prophet? He answered, nope. Then said they, who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? What do you say about yourself? Well, there's folks here this morning. You may be saved. I hope you are. But you're just backslid. And yet, if you were to ask from zero to ten, where you at with God? You'd say nine and three quarters. When in reality, you're so far from God, it's scary. I love what he said. He said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He didn't give him his name. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. So I don't think it was his personal pride. On occasion, he said, he's got to increase and I've got to decrease. Whoa! That might be the, a good reason we struggle so. We want to increase. We want him to decrease. But I believe it's the third thing. That reason he questioned. And that is his perception. You'll find in the reading here, and the Bible says, and when John had heard in the prison, now notice the word, the works of Christ. I believe almost immediately, he said, hmm. This ain't that enough. Let me show you how John preached. John preached this way. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, said, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He come preaching on his handout that he gave. He never changed. Repent or burn. He never changed. Here was John the Baptist, and as he began to preach, you'll find his message was fourfold. He preached on flee the wrath to come. By the way, that's a good thing to preach. Had the ideal God was coming upon all who were only spectators. And he said, I'm going to tell you this much. He said, you better know Christ. You better be saved. You better know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That's first point. Second point was, he repent. Repent. Has the ideal of verbally saying something makes no difference. Has the ideal that it ought to change our conduct, ought to change our life. If you're saved, you ought to live like you're saved. You ought to act like you're saved. You ought to talk like you're saved. You ought to be, if you're truly saved, you ought to act like, well, John, you got to repent. I love this. We wouldn't have liked John as a pastor. They showed up one day. A bunch of religious crowd, church members. They showed up and they said, John, we want to be baptized. He looked at that crowd. He said, you bunch of hypocrites, you bunch of snakes. That's great vipers. I mean, my gosh. He looked at that crowd. He said, you bunch of vipers, you bunch of snakes. You're wicked as a devil. He said, I'll tell you what to do. You go do some works. You straighten up. You let me see your saving. Then you come back and we'll talk about doing our baptism. Whoa. I mean, they would have pitched him out on the first train in a local baptism. They couldn't have handled John the Baptist. He come and he's preaching. By the way, I still believe we ought to repent. Amen. Number, he said, heritage. 
is no value. That crowd come and they said, they said, yeah, now listen, we, we are the lineage of Abraham. He's our father. And, uh, and, and old John said, that ain't going to get you nowhere. I, I came, preacher, my, my grandpappy, my, my, uh, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do this. But we don't have a cemetery either. Amen. I had a preacher one time, he went and preached to church and a woman stopped at the back door and she said, you know what? She said, bless God, if my papa wasn't buried in the graveyard, I'd leave his church. He said, stop, dig him up and both dead people can leave. Amen. And uh, I wouldn't do that. That's pretty harsh. And uh, But we don't have a cemetery either. Amen. Uh, but he come and he said, listen, you're your father Abraham. I, my, my daddy and my mama go to church. Can I say something? You young people, get you in. My daddy got saved when I was seven. But daddy's salvation wouldn't get me to heaven. That wasn't going to work. And he said, listen, no, no, no. Every person will stand before God as an individual. And you're not going to say, now God, I'm, no, no. Individually, we stand before God. Fourth point, oh, he, he preached this, and this is tough. He said, judgment's at hand. Amen? He said, judgment. And he, he said, indeed, I baptize you with water and repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to, be, to bear. Now listen, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Fire in the Bible is the top of judgment. So he preached judgment to come. By the way, judgment is coming if you're not saved. I love our country. I do. I don't think if you love our country, get out. It's that simple. Nobody's making you stay. I love our country. But I will tell you this. If we're not entering a year of God judging our country, we're so close to it, it's scary. We're not going to continue doing what we're doing. And God looked the other way. And so, and he began to preach all this kind of stuff. And then, all of a sudden, John, he's in prison. And he gets word. Man, I, how's Jesus preaching? I bet he's a blister name over there. Well, well no, John, he ain't doing that. He's a preaching... Grace and forgiveness and long suffering. He said he's he's opening blinded eyes. He's opening deaf ears. He said the lame are being made to walk. He said they're having a shot this time. And John's over here and he said, Huh? What? I didn't check my notes. I preached exactly what he wanted me to preach. But he's preaching something different. Oh, don't miss it. There was times that Jesus did address them Pharisees and Sadducees. But I want you to know, Grace would go by the pool of Bethesda and look at a man that had been there for 38 years and said, Sir, do you want to be made whole? This same Jesus would stop a funeral procession as a woman, a dear woman's crying over a son. He said, just stop the thing here and tell the young man to, to wake up and get up. Same one. 
He's saying Jesus that would go to Jairus' house and everybody said, she's dead now, don't trouble the master. He looked at him, he said, son, don't you believe that? Just believe in me. Walk in and raise that young lady. We find all of a sudden his perception, his perception of Jesus has changed. Let me tell you why. I believe he questioned why some of you do. Your perception of what he ought to do, how he ought to do, when he ought to do, has changed. It's not who he is. It's your perception of him. I love this. I love this. Now please don't, don't boo me out. But I, and I don't mind you telling me this. But I'm amazed how many I often people tell me what they think I ought to be preaching. Can I help you here? If you'll get this, you won't struggle with it ever again. No matter what we do around this church, you get a vote. But when it comes to my preaching, with the help of God, I'm going to try to run to Him and say, God, what do we need? That may not suit you. It may not be what you think it ought to be. But can I say this? If he's pleased at the end of this thing, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Be, he began to inquire. He began to inquire because his perception, his perception. I'm going to talk about this more on Wednesday night. Hope you're here. I, I started a series on treasure hunt. Let me tell you one of the biggest challenges why we so struggle. Matthew tells us, God said, take no thought of what you're to eat or what you're to wear. Now God has defined the needs. But here's the problem. We have already decided what our needs are. We have already decided they are needs. Now, God never decided their needs. We decided their needs. Why, we got young people today that if you ask them, do you need a cell phone? Yes, 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 yes. That that ain't even open for discussion. Yet, we grew up, one phone on the wall, in the house. And the first cell phone was a big old whopping bag and had a big old phone in it the size of a house. Couldn't wear it on your belt, but you could keep it in the car. And we find, and, and you know, we went too warped. You know why? Because our perception. I, I'm, I, I know, and I'm not just trying to hurt you feelings. I'm really not. I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. Well, there's folks that if you ask them and you say, well, listen, uh, well, preacher, we, the, the need. Oh, okay, let me ask you a question. Why don't we take an inventory at your house and, and we walk through your house and you say, well, you know, I need three cars. I need that. I mean, remember a day when you had one and it was a hoopty. You've decided that's a need. We, we go in the inventory through a house and, 
and, and, and we said, well, you know, uh, we, we, we need, we have to have uh, 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 cable and internet and cell phones and this and this and this and this and this and this. And then, when God don't do those things, we blame him. He don't love me no more. And God's looking at you and saying, huh? I loved you 2,000 years ago. I died for you. After all, I never, I never agreed with you those were needs. You decided they were needs. I'm amazed. Because when we began to inquire, our perception, can I ask you a question? And you don't raise your hand, but how many times, I've done it time and time again. I've stood and said, my, I just want to tell you how good my God is to me. And how good He's been to my family. Can I help you? Are you listening? Next week, if I find myself in the dark, He's not changing. He didn't change. Now, either one of two things. Either He changed or we didn't really believe what we said. God has been good to me. And if the next week it's the dark, he's still going to be good. He's not going to change. Our perception. Some of you used to come and pray. But now you don't pray no more. I asked God to do something for me, and he didn't. Can I ask you a question? Who told you he would? Where did you get the idea he would? do that for you? What promise from the Word of God did He give you? And if He gave you a promise, did He put a time stamp on it? Did He say if you pray five times, it's going to come? Did He? Our perception. Oh, He was worthy of praying to then, but now, we'll just sell Him out. My heartbeat. Because he didn't do what I thought he ought to do. So John's inquiring. Now I love this. He's inquiring in the right place. He's inquiring in the right place. He said, art thou the one? Here this morning, Solid Rock Baptist Church, your year will decide in what you think Jesus is. Can I help some of you? Well, I tell you, I, I, I love him. He's been so wonderful for me. Can I ask? Then it will, it will determine your conduct. It will determine your conduct. Inquired. I love this. He said, Jesus, are you really the answer? Jesus, is it really you? I love this. John didn't question his works. John didn't question what he did. He said, are you the one? So first thing he did, he's inquired. Second thing, I love this. The Lord said, I'll tell you what we're going to have to do. Let me run down there and tell John. Let me try to encourage him. Let me take him a, 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 a sack of this. or Let me do this for him. No, no, no. Jesus didn't do any of that stuff. Here's what he did. 
And I'm so amazed. He said, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf are healed. The dead are raised. The poor. How the gospel preached to them. I love this. Here's what he said. I love Jesus doesn't criticize John for his for his doubt or lack of faith. He doesn't criticize him because of his confusion. I love that. He doesn't criticize John because of his fear. He doesn't, as a matter of fact, Jesus didn't fear the question because he's got the answer. And here's what he says. He said, John, go tell John this. In the dark, John said, tell me again. Tell me again. He said, go tell him again. He comes and says, John, your focus is on the wrong thing. John, I'm doing exactly what the Father wants me to do. John, I'm healing. John, I'm restoring. John, I'm preaching the gospel to a lost and a dying world. We find that as he comes, he says, I'm going to go tell him again. This morning, if you find yourself in the dark, needing to hear it again, then I'm going to ask you one more time, would you run back to that place and say, when the time when you could raise your hands in the light, say, my, what a great God is! And realize, He's still the same God. Still the same God. He's the same God that saved you by His marvelous grace. He's the same God that slipped in beside of you where you're at. I, I need to address something because I've heard this. I've, I've heard this, I bet you, 10 times in the last month. So let me answer it for a whole lot of you that ain't been bold enough to ask me where others have. Story goes like this. Well, pastor, I was lost and undone, mean as a devil, and I made $18, $19 an hour, and, and we didn't struggle at all. Now God saved and everything fell apart. got one question you failed to answer. Did God change or has our world changed? Did you hear what I said? Did God change or has our world change? changed? Which one's changed? I remember a time you could quit a job and have five jobs before the nightfall if you wasn't lazy and wanted to work. I think some people don't want to work because they're just lazy. Amen. I'm not so sure about lazy people. Might all be lined up and shot in the name of Jesus. But there was a time, can I say this? That our world has changed. That job's no longer there. On behalf of my God this morning, would you please quit blaming Him for something He never done? You say, he, he, no. No. It's a fact that we are murdering over a half a million babies a year. 
And God's withdrawing His hand of blessing on this nation. It, it, our judicial system is a joke. It ain't about right or wrong or truth. It's about who can get the right people to say what they want to say. It is a nation. It is a nation that's taken the very natural laws of God. The very natural laws of God. I'm going to tell you something. You put two bulls in a pasture, they ain't going to be hugging on one another four days out. Ain't happening. Amen. They might be a fight, but there ain't nothing else going to happen. Are you listening? The natural laws that God has established and cause abomination when we demand our rights. Let me tell you something. We're all suffering the consequences of sin. Let's quit blaming God for something He's not done. No, what we want God to do is bless us while we sin. And that don't happen. Fresh water and salt water don't come out of the same fountain. He comes and He says, consider, consider. But then, here is really, here's really the message that, that we miss and it's verse number 6. We miss it. Here's what he said. In chapter 5, God, he gives us these blessed, the Beatitudes. And he said, blessed is he. Whosoever, what puts me right there, hallelujah, shall not be offended in me. Here's what he's saying. That word offended, it means to trip up, to stumble. It means to fall away. It is a forgotten beatitude. The word blessed there means happy, fortunate. It actually really does mean this. Happy, happy, happy is what it means. Blessed is a man that doesn't stumble over me. What kept you out of church last Sunday? What did God do to you? What was it about Him that you didn't believe He could handle? What was it? That, would you please tell me? I, he may even want to hear Himself. What was it that kept you out of church last Sunday? Can I ask you a question? Why did you make it your God? What kept you out of church Wednesday night? Did God, did God mistreat you again in your perception? It, is, it, is it that you, you... What is it that about God that tripped you up? I'm not going to tell you this. And I know, I know Joel Osteen ain't going to preach this, and that's okay. I'm not Joel Osteen. I don't want to be. But I'll tell you this much. Job said, man, born a woman, a few days are full of trouble. Some more dark days are coming. They're coming for all of us. And what you think of him will decide blessed, happy, thrilled is the one that's not offended in me. Message 
Pretty tough one, isn't it? He said, will you stumble because you wanted something different than what I offered? Will you follow me in the path I lead, in the way I lead? What's your, what's your intention? He went on to say, he said, and, and, and he don't mind you asking why. He didn't fuss at John. But he, on one occasion, Jesus went out and his disciples into the town of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying to them, whom do men say that I am? I love this. They began to talk and they said, well, some says you're this and some says you're that. And my, you got all these kind of answers. And then he looked and he said, but, but whom do ye say? Who do you say he is? Well, preacher, you just don't understand. Church takes care of you. If I had what you had, oh no. We walked some dark days. We walked some dark days. Because you got this or that, none of us are exempt. We got some of our church right now going through some dark days. Um, some are struggling with cancer. Some are struggling with, with, with a lot of different things. And I'm going to tell you, none of us are exempt. The only difference is, it's not that we're, nobody's better than somebody, nobody's smarter than him. Here's the only difference. I remember a day when I said, Darlene, I ain't playing wishy-washy with this no more. Either we're going to serve God or we're not. We're going to decide. We're going to start running. And we decided that day and we've never moved from it. Never changed. We've never swapped off anything. We just decided to love God and love each other. I'm amazed. Some of you think that that because I'm a pastor, I wake up every morning and say, I get the glory. Hallelujah, I'm saved. Some mornings I get up and say, Oh, God. Right foot says it's time to move. And the left foot says, No, I moved yesterday. You moved today. No. Roped in the same flesh you are. Some of you think me and Darlene have a, a perfect marriage. We got a great marriage. But I'm going to tell you something. She's wrong sometimes. I'm trying to help her. I can't fix everything, but I'm trying. I mean, no. But, but you don't have the troubles that, that, that we have. Our car breaks down. Stuff in our house tears up. We financially get tight. There's no... There's no exception here. And if that ain't enough, you may have enough money to take care of all the financial needs. But I don't care who you are. You hear a doctor and he says, you got cancer. Got word yesterday. A young man just in his 20s and just got, got brain cancer and they just given him three months to live. Don't you reckon that's a dark day for him? So we need to understand this one. The first Sunday, the first service, the first Sunday of a brand new year. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get settled on who he is. Get settled. Don't, don't start questioning him. Because he goes back. And the disciple walks up 
John, what did he, John, what did he say? He said, he said to tell you, there's a blind man sitting on the side of the road today. Jesus going by. And I heard him say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. He throwed off that old rag and he come up to him. He said, what, what would you help me to do? He said, that I might receive my sight. He said, John, that man, he went back to the house of sin. He said, John, what, what did he say? He said, to tell you about the time that, that uh, he, was, he was walking by and went to worship and a man came in arm just, just hanging there. He's even on the Lord's day. And all the, the religious elect of that day said, he better not. He better not heal on the Lord's day. The Sabbath. And you know what he done? He done it anyway. He said, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He said, what, what did he say? He said, to tell you about a dear friend he had. He sent word, Lazarus is sick. And, and all the disciples said, okay, I guess we better load up. Better hurry down there, right real fast. And, and Jesus said, no, don't get in no hurry. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. And then, when he got there, his friend had been dead for four days. He's done started decaying and stinking. And Jesus said, oh no, roll back the stone. And I heard him say, Lazarus, come forth. And here come Lazarus. Then I heard him say, loose him. And I let him go. And John said, ain't nobody could do that but him. Got one more story to tell you. Let me tell you why in the dark. And there's nothing wrong that in the dark you need for him to tell you again. Because he told John again. There was a day on a church pew at Icarus Grove Baptist Church. A little boy sat beside a mom and dad. Not two nickels to rub together in my pocket. And the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords came by and saved me. I will honestly tell you I don't understand some things that God does. I don't understand some of the dark places our church goes. I really don't. Alan, I, I, I don't understand why Michael's got cancer. I, I can't put a a reasoning around that. I, I can't understand why some people struggle financially and then others that seems everything they touch turns to gold and others it turns to dirt. I, I don't understand all that. But that God that came by on a church pew and saved me. He took me just the way I was. And he's helped me. And I've never prayed that he didn't answer. Some of you get struggle with that. 
I will tell you this much. I've struggled a lot of times about the answer. I don't like no. I don't like no. I don't like it when I want something. I can't get it. I don't like that. But I'm going to tell you something. I've never struggled with him. And here to this morning, this, this service right here, if you can get settled on who he is, you won't struggle the rest of this year. Ever, there's not a family. There's not an individual. There's not a man. There's not a woman in this place that this next year you're not going to know, need to know he is who he says he is. I'm banking everything I have in my life on that fact and what he said in his word. So I'll stand to